Good evening and welcome back to another episode of the Sunday Porch Podcast. Here with Will as always and today we're joined by a special guest, Wyland Kiefer. What's up, what's up? <clears throat> Good to have you on the show, Wyland. How have you yeah, been? Yeah, man. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Uh, feel free to give just like a bit of a brief introduction to yourself, like what you're up to, where you've been. Yeah, man. Um... Wyland Kiefer, currently a student at Buff State, studying uh, television and film arts, and for my uh, BFA there. Tons of torture, tons of crazy shit going on. <laughs> Fucking can't wait to be done with it. Um, but yeah, man, just, just living life, just getting through this shit. Can't wait till summer, because fuck school, you know? For sure. Well, dude, I wanted to have you on um, the show because I feel like you probably have the most in-depth experience of, like, all things entertainment, like, comedy, movies. Like, we talk a lot about, like, movie nonsense on here, so I'm definitely down to get hella deep into, like... <laughs> Yo, I've been, TV yeah, shit. I've been doing I've been doing a little bit of research, thinking about, like, stuff to talk about, but, yeah, I've I've learned some crazy stuff just going to college fo- focusing on film like i think um after next semester i'll have my majors in tfa and then minor in film studies because yeah that's that's all it's there for just to talk about movies that's what yeah. i my degree for um tell connor about the project you're finishing up right now it's like a oh, funny ass movie <laughs> bro this is yeah this was an insane just the entire the entire experience has been fucking insane um but yeah so this semester, this is my second last semester, and the uh, the senior project, we every single person in the class has to uh, write, produce, direct, and like completely like edit um, a sh- ten to seven to ten minute short film on whatever you want to do, like literally like any any topic within reason, and because I fucking who the fuck knows why made a movie about a uh, door-to-door salesman who gets convinced by this scam artist to go out and sell his books. But this uh, this guy in a banana suit is just not <laughs> fucking with his business. So he comes around and just, like, fucks his shit up. It was it was just a wild card. Like, the log on alone is just like, yo, like, what the fuck? And it has been crazy. It, it, not even just, like, the shit going on in my, like, life, but, like, just focusing just, like, trying to make a movie is an insane process, but... I got a rough cut done today. It has a outline to it. It is, it has been nuts, and everyone has been going through some crazy shit on their own project. Like this is just my story. Well, there's tons of stories out there about like mm-hmm. people trying to make movies. But um, once I get this done, uh, next semester is when we all collaborate and make a uh, television pilot that we uh, pick shit. whoever. So um, that gets decided. We all get like divided up into roles. So like whoever wants to write it has like control over that, and then everyone has like their own selective role. But yeah, man. It's been fucking how, crazy. How did you come up with the idea for the short film? Like, does the banana suit guy represent anything? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. Like, in a way. It's it's not, it's like, I wanted to keep it, like, abstract. Um, like, the whole theme of the movie is, like, fighting for what you believe in, in a way. And, like, people are out here, like, scamming people and, like, like fucking people's beliefs. And, and it's like... It, Every single character in the movie, at, like at least how it's turned out right now, is just trying to go about like 
getting money in the just most fucked up ways. Mm-hmm. Except for the banana man. He's just out here like doing shit for free. And he's just he's not about this whole like capitalist mindset. So that's the, he's he's really just like a, a symbol of like anarchy. An agent of chaos. <laughs> exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. Sick. That's got to be one one part that's really fucking cool about going to school for something like that. It's like at the end of the project or at the end of the school year, you have a, a tangible item that you created, especially when it's a, a product of your own intelligence like that. Like I feel like that's something that a lot of people miss out on in school in general. And, and it can kind of just like... I don't know, form a bad mindset when you go through and put all this work in and you have nothing to show for it. Exactly. And and no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And honestly, like, I'm not expecting us to win any wars. Like, I'm just out here to entertain, honestly. Like, at the end of the day, if it makes someone's day a little bit more interesting, great. You know, like, that. that's really what my main goal is here with, with my approach. But, um, yeah, no, we got some, like, really, really talented people in the program right now. Um, got some like really big ideas. People have been moving on to getting jobs at like Paramount, fucking like Fox News. Um, we actually had uh, one of the head writers for Mr. Robot, and uh, he actually is now, it's coming out in like a month, uh, Secret Invasion. He was one of the head writers on that, the new Marvel uh, series coming up. Sick. He went to Fox State. Yeah, and he comes by. He actually donated for uh, our pilot that we're producing. So That's dope. Um, I had no idea. Yeah, Kyle Bradstreet crazy dude but he came from buff state you know so it's got a lot, a lot of cool lines yeah love mr robot dude that shows yeah <laughs> it's got to be cool going to school and studying film because that probably that probably gives you a lot new like a lot more of a nuanced perspective on the stuff that you watch as it comes out outside of class as well too you like you probably think of things a lot differently than you used to before right 100 percent. um i mean in the end like like i'd say movie is just movies today are just like like modern day magic like like mm-hmm. those little magic shows they have because like the first one of the first movies i mean not like the first but um one of the big, biggest the- theatrical releases of the earlier cinema time was um trip to the moon you guys probably seen the dude with the moon with the fucking spaceship right. in his eye you yeah, know what i'm yeah. talking about mm-hmm. yeah that the director of that was a magician and everything that's come from that has just been tricking the audiences so getting to see like behind the scenes like how did manipulate an audience that's kind of like what i'm going to school for is mass manipulation in that way yeah um it, yeah it's really cool to see like the little tricks you can do with just images and sounds to like manipulate emotions yeah where do you I, see um like kind of our generation entering that industry like where do you see the future of what a movie kind of means where do you see that going it's, like, do you it's, see shorter format? Um, I think that especially with how, you know, writing for streaming has definitely changed all, a lot of stuff. Even the, the way that we watch movies has changed, right? It's more mm-hmm. people watch on their phone as opposed to going to a theater or watching on their TV. 100%. Um, and, and that's really it, man. Like, the new generation is, is going to be going up again. Like, a very, like, when I, when I got into the program, I didn't know it was, like, highly competitive industry. But with the amount of things being produced, like the, the instant gratification that you get from like having, you know, access to all these shows and you can watch them whenever you want. Rewatch Breaking Bad as many times as you want to. Mm-hmm. It's in COVID too, especially it has like really tanked on the, the theater industry in general. Um, but it, yeah, you got, you got a lot, of, lot, lot more opportunities to, to create some shows, streaming. Um, and 
you know, that, that opens a lot more jobs for people in a way, but it's also like very saturated. Like I can bet you guys only watch 15 to 20% of movies that are on Netflix alone. Cause there's a lot of just like bullshit out there. You know? Right. They just kind of get made just right to get made. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with that a ton. I think that not only is the market saturated, but I think Will was touching on this too. Just attention span is at an all time low. Like it's, it's probably got to be much more of a battle to hold an audience's attention for a whole two, three hour movie than it ever used to be in the past because now you, people people can't even sit through a 30 second video without scrolling to the next one and they do that eight hours a day it's tough to, to get, get get an audience in the movie but back in like 1975 you know uh, a new hope comes in people probably watch that eight times in a row yeah i mean did you guys see avatar 2 yeah i didn't see the second one yet uh yeah it's it's one of those movies that you just gotta like watch in theaters and it mm-hmm. was like the whole like marketing plan around that movie and just like like i gotta give james cameron credit like he fucking made another blue person movie and made a shit ton of money (laughs) off of it like yeah it's it's like the first avatar it's a great like first like look into like where visual effects are going and like a you know theater experience you watch it on your phone it kind of looks like shit (laughs) it's kind of like 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 mid you know but um yeah, like, like there's certain movies that are definitely, like, made for a theater, theatrical experience. Um, have you guys seen uh, 2001 Space Odyssey? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, mean, I have not. I really gotta watch that, but... Dude, it's fucking awesome. And I think it came out before Star Wars? Yeah, yeah. I think it came out before Star Wars, and the visual effects are just, like, fucking incredible for the time. But the first time I saw it, I think I saw it on my laptop, and it was like, I'm like, alright, cool movie. It was pretty stoned. It was like, fun time mm-hmm. but um we were assigned to watch it in my uh, one class for uh, it's a history of cinema two i'm taking and one of my classmates works at a uh, dips in like the movie theater and he rented out the space for us to watch 2001 there for um the class and dude it was an entirely fucking different experience yeah. it's, it's around like there's certain movies that are just made for a, a theatrical experience but mm-hmm. in the end of the day yeah like the the there's not a lot of people still going to theaters like as regularly as it were right my issue too like with the new avatar and with the new um star wars movies is i feel like now when they make sequels even if the visual effects are better and the pr- there's a higher production value that they don't have any balls as far as like moving the story forward like yeah. the the la- the star wars movies that came out like the um main trilogy just felt like they were just hitting on like they were just recreating scenes that already happened so it's yeah. trying to just pull mass nostalgia instead of move the story forward in an interesting way yeah um i totally agree with that and i mean in the end of the day movies are there to make sales to, to sell tickets right. you know um you could be the the most creative fucking filmmaker in the world but if you don't understand your audience and you don't understand what people want, you're not going to get anywhere in that way, you know? But right. do people want that or is that just like a safe bet? You know, like... So, yeah, um, I mean, like, what you're talking about there is, like, indie films. Um, and that is, like, I, I love fucking indie films. I love when people do a weird 
trick with a camera that I've never seen before. And honestly, I bet like all art is just stealing. There's there's no real like original composition in a way. Like I'm not composition, but like like everything. Everyone steals from everyone else and meshes it all together. I think you just got to steal from more than like three people. Yeah, he's like, fuck you. Yeah, for sure. Well, I've always <laughs> felt too, like, just, just to lead off a little bit of what Will was, was touching on, is like, I think it's interesting to see the difference that happens when we have this new technology and we have this new CGI that these big name corporations like Disney owning Star Wars now they can lean heavily on the ability to just throw a bunch of like excellent cinematography cinematograph- cinematographic effects at the audience yeah yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, so <laughs> see how many more syllables I can toss yeah. in that word and then they don't have to be so like dialogue heavy or story heavy because they're, they're, it's gonna look so fucking cool anyway yeah dude I mean and that's like, that's kind of like what you take away from it like any sort of like entertainment it's like yeah there's like there's some value in like what it's about but it's like the, the experience itself you know mm-hmm. like um and that's that's where i was going with uh, the other thought is um there you you can be a great writer you know you can be a pioneer in any sort of like any aspect of film and you can make some wild fucking movie that, you know, maybe uh, off of the water line or, or some other pitch that you have gets some traction for producers and you create it. Um, there's the, uh, there's like a bunch of different steps to pre-production just after the film is done being made where you have the, uh, the editor's cut, the one that they're happy with, but they do also consider what the director wants. So the director is a big influence on how the final edit is like that's, mm-hmm. Like once you're done shooting, you're only done with like half the film. As they say, is uh, the, the movie is made in the editing process. Like that's where it all comes together, mm-hmm. and you know that that's where the real work begins. But the producers, the ones who are funding this project, the ones who are investing their money into this, Disney, fucking Pixar, like Warner Brothers, whoever these big studios are that you're just lucky enough to get, you know, their funding, they have to do it the final say. And if they don't think that this movie is going to generate enough revenue to be worth their investment. They're not going to, you know, allow you to do a lot of these crazy new ideas that you want to do. They want to going to want to play it safe, but yeah, that's the thing. Fucking avatar. It was mid, it was such a mid movie, but it's like what, like number three in the world in terms of box office sales, three or four. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's interesting. And I feel like that's one thing. It's like as I get a little bit older, and I've just seen more movies. Like I, I, I still fucking love to go to the movies. I'll go to the movies and watch, sit and watch a, and watch a movie alone. Like more often than not, honestly, because I feel like I can just sit and just truly enjoy it. But I feel like, I feel like as I get older, it's like I'm more drawn towards like movies that i never would have enjoyed when i was younger like i just watched uh banshees of intran yes yeah dude yeah and i it's like basically just two dudes talking the whole movie and i i fucking loved it like i thought i was talking to my brother about movie recommendations i'm like i liked it but i know you're not going to and it's not almost architecting yeah it's it's just for like different reasons it's um I, i i guess like 
I was excited to talk to you on the podcast too because I, I have like some closet aspirations to uh, be a writer at some point in my life. So I like I like to like write short stories. But one thing I've noticed is is uh, you can't write how people talk in real life and expect it to be interesting. Like writers yeah. that are really successful, like like guys like Stephen King. I feel like if you really like took their writing and put it into real life, it wouldn't sound interesting. Like he likes to like show emotion. Like he wouldn't say like, like he was mean. He would say, he would show it. He'd be like, he would cheat a widow out of her last dollar just because he could. Like, (laughs) and like, but nobody talks like that in real life. And I feel like in movies, it's the same way. Like if you're writing the script for a movie, some of the most famous like monologues throughout cinematic history the amount of emotion that's conveyed by actors, not even through their words, but through their face. If somebody did that in real life, it would feel unnatural. But it's, I, I guess it's just like knowing the medium and being able to convey emotion in a, in a very like medium specific manner is a, is a, is like an extremely important skill. And, and I, it's, I think it deserves a lot of respect. And I think the people that aren't really so close to the art itself don't really understand that no i i totally agree with you and um yeah i had, I had to write a couple different scripts for college uh the one i'm writing right now is not being written because writing is hard and i do not enjoy writing but mm-hmm. i understand like that's the thing you watch enough movies you read enough you get an understanding of what is good and what is bad and it's all subjective in a way but there are like um one piece of advice that's yeah. helped me is like um, just thinking of the dialogues as like uh, stepping stones to the next goal. So like when I was writing my film, it, it, it was I was not thinking about that. I wasn't thinking about like oh these are like compelling characters. Like how would they talk? You got to think about their intention and their obstacle. So in any sort of drama, in any creative piece, there's mm-hmm. you know a subjective good and bad or objective, however you want to look at it. Um, and there's always conflict between the two. No matter, like, if um, any scene doesn't have conflict, there's not really a lot of drama. And another interesting thing I learned was that most Hallmark movies that I made, the beginning and end of the scene, mm-hmm. I think it's like, I don't, I don't know if it's like some legal shit or whatever from the producers, it always has to resolve the conflict by the end of the scene because they're feel-good movies, you know? You can't have some girl, like, walk out on a guy... Or I mean, maybe it happens like occasionally, but like you can't have like a mom and a daughter talk to each other. And she's like mad at the mom or something. She like walks out the door. She's like, it's like, all right, I'll pick you up for dinner or some shit like that, you know, to keep the and and right. yeah, there's like there's like high art, whatever. Like there's good and bad movies, but in the end of the day, it's like you know, does it make money? Is it entertaining? You know, um, Middle America is what they call it. It's like right in the middle of it. It's mm-hmm. digestible. Like, I'm going to go see the fucking Mario movie. I'm not going there to fucking see some poetic, you know, masterpiece of character. I'm seeing the red dude jump around and get smacked around by the dragon, dude. Like, that's that's what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. And that's enough for people, man. Right. Like, that's... When movies are really booming back in, like, the <laughs> 20s, 30s, Industrial Revolution time, like, like, the golden age of cinema, like, all the way up until... Like, it was an escape. And escapism is, is a right, right. great philosophy not a great philosophy but it's a cool philosophy to understand and one that I've kind of applied a bit too much to my life where you just like you said you just sit alone and watch a movie it's like a, it's like a meditative experience you're 
getting away from reality. And if the movie's good, mm-hmm. it'll fucking suck you in. And you'll just, yeah, you'll forget like where you are. It's, it's really cool just mastering that. Absolutely. One thing, one time, um, I remember you said to me, you were like, if you think about it the best, uh, like music and movies, if you think about historically, have always been in time periods of like something really bad going on, <laughs> oh, at least about in that, the US. Like, and I was like, that's such a good are you point. Because the, the, yeah, you were yeah. like, and you were like, think about it, like Vietnam era, best music, post 9-11, best music and movies. And I was like, that's a good ass point. Like, I wonder if there is like a correlation there. I mean, like, as far COVID as COVID kind of fucked everything up in, the, in, in terms of that philosophy, but oh, the nine eleven, yeah, yeah, that's like a yeah, point. it's it's really weird, and um, there's like movies that age really well, and some that don't, but like some movies are just like so fucking relevant to things that are going on mm-hmm. right now. It's like I, I was just listening um, to the Rewatchables podcast, and they were talking about Fight Club and how uh, it was like pre nine eleven and pre Columbine. And it was just like so many of the like the, the grunge fucking rage that you know I'm gonna work my nine to five that's not satisfying I'm gonna break all my IKEA furniture type of mentality punch my fucking dad type of suit. like for some reason like that just resonated with a lot of people like completely way after that it came out. even like like American Psycho all these like literally me movies that are coming out like people are just like yeah yeah it's like weird how like, like there's like waves of like, you know, um, desire from an audience and you can almost follow that. And if you can predict that, it's like, it's like stocks or like investing. It's like, all right, it's like up and down. Where's the interest now that people are always fucking chasing that. What do you think? Um, like were those movies, what is your opinion on the whole literally me thing? Like why was a movie like fight club made? I think American psycho is an interesting one. Cause what I heard was that when that came out, it flopped, but then it resonated with like a generation, like year, like Gen Z loved yeah. it for some reason, um, which is probably a horrible cultural <laughs> sign. But like when American Psycho came out, people were, were like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, yeah. <laughs> like imagine being in the in the late '90s and you're like watching this weird Christian Bale guy who no one has ever heard of, like like saying crazy <laughs> business shit like, <laughs> like holding a nail gun to a girl's <laughs> head <laughs> um yeah man uh, it's there's there's a lot of uh, cool perspectives on that the, the whole literally me movement i honestly think it's kind of like dying out it's one of those like beams that people just like overuse yeah. to the point where they're just like oh shit i'm one of those guys like but fucking like i like fight club in a way it's like Fight Club's such an interesting movie and like like drive, fucking fantastic movie. Like, I, I understand like people don't like it for certain reasons, but I for the most part, fantastic. It's a fucking movie. great movie, dude. I fucking <laughs> great film. And then there's like there's, there's Nightcrawler, which is like basically Drive Two, which is like insane. Like all these all these different characters. Um, yeah, it's, it's a it's an exaggeration, a dramatization. Like you know, again, like the escapism. Mm-hmm. Like I want to fucking rob a bank today. You know, like I'm gonna turn on drive, like fuck it. You know, I'm I'm the best goddamn right. driver in all Night City or whatever the fuck. But yeah, it's um, 
it's definitely interesting and I, I think there is like a sense of like like in terms of like the popularity i i think that comes with the actors sometimes too is like pedro pascal is yeah. like blowing up right now and all some people are like oh he's in this and this i haven't fucking seen him in game of thrones like holy shit like all this crazy stuff mm-hmm. um i don't know it, it's really it, it got just marketing too you know and just luck um is getting those actors where they are and you know being able to pick up on those roles but uh yeah and i think there is a certain level level of relatability within these characters but they're blown completely out of proportion which is what makes them so entertaining and like same like wolf of wall street that's why like it's such a fun movie to watch because you're like yo this dude damn near got away with it you know like what the fuck i would not do that mm-hmm. well wolf of, wolf of wall street i understand is um it's basically goodfellas right but in a different i mean if you look at how it like just the vibe of, of it and how the movie I looks. Mean, Same director, I think, too. Scorsese yeah, Scorsese, did, both Scorsese did that one, too. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, like, a lot of directors really just nail that sort of style. And that was such a crazy movie because it's so unlike Goodfellas or, you know, all the other fucking movies he's made in the past. Like, it, it was... The biopic genre is a little bit different. Yeah, man. It's not, actually, today I heard on the radio is... Um, fucking Al Pacino's birthday apparently it's like 83 or some shit nice. happy, happy birthday, birthday Al. Al. and on that if you guys we know we know you're listening i got i got a, I got a bunch <laughs> of different recommendations for you guys if you uh are looking for stuff to watch but uh al pacino dog day afternoon if you haven't seen that one fucking great it was based off a real event real robbery crazy movie some of the best acting al pacino's done for sure cool is it hard to like in, now that you kind of know all the background that goes into a film, like, is acting hard or no? Like, are these people just, like, fucking morons? Or is it actually, like... Because I've heard both, like, both like different opinions from people who understand a lot about film. Um, I mean, you need to, like, channel some sort of, like, a certain level of, like, narcissism and, like, you know, have a certain view of your ego, I guess. But, um... I don't know. I mean, for me, acting isn't too hard. I've take, I'm in an acting class right now. I took one last semester. I took one in ECC. They're all required. I didn't, again, I don't really want to fucking act, but I just kind of get put in these places where people want me to act. So I'm like, all right. And right. I enjoy it, honestly. Like, if I can just get paid to pretend to feel sad or be sad and, like, all this other shit, like, that would be cool. But, like, in terms of my goals, I think it's a little bit delusional for me. I'm no, I'm no fucking gossip. I'm not going to, like... <laughs> like. But um, it is fun, though. I, I do enjoy acting, and um, there's a lot of cool shit that you can, like, channel within yourself. Have you guys seen Barry on HBO? No, I mean, yeah. I've been meaning to watch it. I see the thumbnail every day. One of the best series I've watched, and um, do you know, like, what it's about? Like, the synopsis and all that? Yeah. yeah. It, and it's really cool because, um, at least in the first season, they and I think it's really just a theme without just like channeling emotion. But um, yeah, like a lot of actors use this like technique of like feeling, like like being able to manip- manipulate themselves to where they're able to convey emotion in a really effective way. Like some of the best Broadway actors can like cry on command, and I'm like, I, I, I don't. I'm not, it's not that deep. Like, I don't know if I can do that for myself, yeah. but, um, yeah, it's, it's really impressive for, for people who can do that. 
Um, method acting, okay. that's bullshit. I don't, I don't really subscribe to that. I think that's narcissism for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> this is, this I'll tie this question in too, because so for those of you listening, you have a lot of experience working around uh, comedians as well yeah. um, from your other job. Uh, do you think is that a hard thing? I was wondering that recently. Um, like I like I listened to all, I. It's so weird that now that there's this like stand up comedy and people who like to like bow hunt and live in the woods are now like the same internet community because of Joe Rogan. So I've gotten tied into knowing way more about this whole like group of people than I should know. (laughs) And they talk about it like so seriously. Like they're like, people don't understand. Like it's a goddamn knife fight. They're like, you know, they're like, well, the grind that I have to fucking go through every day. And like, Part of me is like, I get it, like it's hard, but like you're telling jokes on stage, like you're not. <laughs> like, is it is this that hard of a thing? To I do mean, or... Joe Rogan does say that he's like, I would rather have my family be killed than bomb on stage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, it's the right. worst thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, from what I've heard from people who've done stand up, they say they say everyone should do try stand up like once in their lives. It's a crazy experience. Um, they got like open mics. At, around the city of buffalo usually like i'm sure every city has some sort of open mic um from the scene that i've been around it was weird because like i wasn't like too into comedy when i started working at uh my job at helium but um like they, they even like in the in the application form it's like how much do you like comedy out of town I, I was like eight you know i enjoy it but there's like some like diehard like comedy <laughs> fans out there um and just being around it for like what like three years now and like just seeing so many different faces and personalities come through it is like yeah i mean like there's there's a it's just like it's like a certain perspective you need to tap into to really be good at comedy from what i've seen like you really need to have a interesting yet relatable perspective on the world and just like like not take yourself too seriously you know it's like a lot of comics get on stage and they see some like really like personal shit and people laugh long because it's like yo like i can relate to that like uh, i remember my professor he was like showing us one of the movies he's made and uh there were some like weird parts of it that i was just kind of like, like me like everyone in the class was kind of just like snickering at it and he's like well like you guys can laugh if you want but that's kind of like anxiety the laughter is just like anxiety just like releasing it away i'm like yo that's a cool way of putting it and like every time i'm at the club now mm-hmm. i see people laughing i'm like yo, it's, it's cute as fuck but the most insecure person is the one on stage or secure, however you want to look at it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, through the time of seeing different comics come by, like seeing what works and again, like marketability, like what sells is like, it's insane. Like what, like I've had like uh, Shane Gillis, Dan Soder, Dan Williams Jr., uh, Craig Robinson, fucking Polly Shore came by. That was an interesting time. Um, what's his fucking name? Champ from Anchorman was there. He was cool as fuck. That that's did sick. you talk to him at all? That seems like a, at the bar till four in the morning. Guy. Yeah, man. No, I uh, I talked. I actually got a picture with him. And I posted on my story, and then he like responded to my like in my DMs with like a fucking like <laughs> disco band dancing, and I'm like, yo, where? <laughs> um, yeah, no, like, what are the craziest like interactions you've had with people at? helium in general 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> damn, I've had some, like, crazy ones. One dude, like, so we have, like... The vibe there is insane. Every... The last, the last time I was there, I don't know if you remember when um, our one friend thought he was calling an Uber and he just door dashed <laughs> to his house and fell asleep at the table. That was very, uh, <laughs> we all know that was Sam that Real. Was, but... he's, like, he's like, yo, give me a strong island. I'm like, word up. And then he's like, give me another. I'm like, yo, how'd you, like, 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 yo, how'd you like the show? He's like, dude, Sam Real came on stage and, like five minutes after that. Like I was out. Like I cannot remember. Any of <laughs> um, I do have a lot of respect for stand-up comedy because I feel like I feel like organic comedy. Like if you're just in a conversation with a bunch of people, anybody with like a average speed moving brain can make a funny joke every now and then. But to like sit down and, and come up with an entire routine yeah. of original humor that relies on nobody but yourself, it's like that's hard to that's, do. And that's but, really it, man. It's like the same thing with like music producers like writers like like any sort of lyricist like any type of any type of writer really is like yeah always keep writing always like like mm-hmm. but also um so at least some of the, like, the local comics like they have a set that works they have like you know maybe they give them like five minutes and five minutes worth of material which is like five minutes on stage is a long ass time especially if your crowd is not yeah. receptive at all um right but if you have shit that works and you just have this like mentality because in the end of the day it's like you have the mic you know like some mm-hmm. asshole in the back and like yo fuck you and if you, like if you turn that on him they always win yeah if yeah. you don't fold on that shit and the crowd like is against you, you're fucked if the crowd's against you you're fucked but like mm-hmm. i'm trying to think of like some some like, like the best comebacks i've heard from hecklers like we get a lot of fucking hecklers at helium and just the way that some comics can just react and just turn that on them is so fucking mm-hmm. funny. Like, no, go ahead. Yeah, have have you guys been watching like Andrew Schultz lately? He's been blowing up a ton. I feel like his crowd work is nutty. Like he's just like able to sit and just do an entire routine on just crowd work. If you looked up a picture of his face, you'd probably know who I'm talking. Yeah, about. no, I know, I know the name. Uh, of course, Andrew Tate comes up first. He's, Fuck that dude. Yeah, this dude's... <laughs> he's been on Joe, Joe Rogan a couple yeah, times. That, he, that's another personality andrew schultz oh shit yeah wasn't mm-hmm. yeah man this dude this dude was fucking hilarious um yeah no he's great um there's and honestly because i work like fucking some of these bigger comics that go from like thursday to saturday or, or something like that and it's just like show after show after mm-hmm. show um sometimes people just have like the same material and that's fucking boring like it's fun the first time you know you buy your tickets to go see the guy that was alongside that one guy from snl perform for one night only that's it's a fun night but he does like the same thing and you're just like yo like what the fuck like this dude is kind of like yeah. not like selling out but it's like you know it's it's incredible how people can sort of maintain that like personality that works just on stage but then um you'd think you, it would make you insane right like to deliver like you're telling the same funny story like dude the burt kreischer thing with now he's making a machine a movie, movie. like that. your whole <laughs> life is one dude i thought that was a joke like, like i thought that like i saw 80 for brady trailer too i thought it was one yeah. of those things i'm like i'm like yo like 
the first time I saw both those trailers, I'm like, this is like some fucking SNL skit. Like, this is not real. And they're like, no, nah, like, I go to the theater and I see like the post was off. I'm like, Hold, what? Yo, like, y'all are falling. <laughs> this is incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call that like selling out. I'm not going to fucking watch it when it comes to theaters. Like, I'll, there's, right. and, and that's another thing. Like, Maybe like lazy. If yeah, like, and that's it. Like, it's crazy how like now we have, like going back to the whole streaming thing, we now have the opportunities and the options to be like, that's something I'm going to wait till streaming. It's like our professors are, are you going to see some theaters? Are you going to wait till streaming? And it's like, you right. just have that option now. And it's like, yeah. Like, I mean, you can't really wait again, like for avatar two to come to streaming. Cause it's not really the same thing. If you want to be there for the story and like some of the cool visuals, I guess, but like, you're there to get high as fuck and see the blue people dance around and fuck everything with their ponytails. Like it's, it's who who are these people that like you think about these, um, these mass produced for streaming Netflix shows. Like remember that show Wednesday that was, I never watched an episode of that, but I kind of understood the, I I watched a little bit of it and it's just like, you grew up with an iPad, like brain melt stuff. And it's, but it's like, I wonder, like, who are the people who are writing that stuff? Like, what is, what does their resume look like on one of those kids that are getting hired for those companies? Like, do they just have a bit, like a huge army of writers and they're like, this is what we're going to do. I think AI, Stranger Things was written by an AI, right? Or the AI. Don't even get me into that. After Snapchat made me become (laughs) friends with an AI robot, like, it's just going crazy. (laughs) Dude, Will, did you tell him what went down with the Snapchat robot? No, I'll, I'll tell you off there. Fucking insane. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's fucking AI is a whole conversation right there. So, but um, in terms mm-hmm. of like, Mark- how is that going to affect um, like writing for shows and stuff? Do you think? See, my whole fucking thing of like going into like a creative major in that way it is like, I didn't want to get a job that would be taken over by robots immediately. And I'd just right. be like, fucked. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine. I, I, you know, like I could just like create and shit and like, and like draw my little pictures and maybe put them on a t-shirt or some shit. Like, like who knows? And then they got like fucking AI art coming out where they're just like yeah. slapping shit together. And again, like, like stealing. It's like, it is fucking stealing. It's taking existing images and meshing them together into another shape that resembles something that you want. Um, I don't know. I like, I think that AI can be very useful if we use it as like a tool in that way. But same, it's like the same thing with like music. I think there's like a certain amount of like humanity that is inside of these works that people can resonate with. Like if something's written by a robot, like if you've seen these fucking scripts like, I, I think the premise are like a certain amount of stranger things is written by AI, but again, you had like a amount of humanity put into that where like people tweak things and, and rewrote shit so it sounded a bit more natural. Um, but once AI figures out how to like, again, like like I said, like movies are just manipulating audiences and, and drawing us in and being like, yo, how the fuck did they get a guy to get inside an iron suit and fly around? That's crazy, you know. Obviously, you understand right. now, but like if AI is able to understand where we at, we are where we are at now, like in terms of our technological understanding and, and all this shit, and they 
get ahead of us. They lap us in that fucking race. Like, that is when we enter some Matrix shit. And that is, like, that's another fucking question about do we live in a simulation? But this ain't Joe Rogan, so, like, <laughs> I guess save that for another one. What do you think um, makes someone, like, more creative or less creative? Like, that's an interesting thing to think about, like, if we're competing against a robot, right? Like, you probably met some really creative people between, like, film and then stand-up comedy also. Yeah. Like, could, is there, a, like, an intelligent quota with that, you think? Or it's just that's uh, a, an innate That's thing? a wild question. Like, and that, that, that's a great question. <laughs> um, and honestly, dude, like, I don't know. It, it's a... It's... It's a very unique thing to have an ability to be able to produce something that works, I guess. And again, it's, it's all about who you direct it towards. Um, but again, there is an algorithm for a lot of basic shit that people understand. And, you know, mm-hmm. the more we understand about ourselves and like fucking mental health awareness has just become a thing when people aren't, like, beating their wives, they're like, oh, wait, hey, you know, go to therapy, like Tony Soprano, you know, fucking yeah, get my right. shit together, <laughs> you know? like, yeah, it doesn't have to worry about that, like, it can just, like, go past, like, a bunch of different levels, like, going back to the fucking American Psycho thing, it's like, it's like, like, oh, all these, like, Sigma males, they fucking put their emotions aside and get to the daily grind and shit like that, AI doesn't have fucking emotions, AI doesn't give a shit yeah i can't fall in love the ultimate stigma. exactly dude like you don't give a fuck he's like what i I've gotta reproduce well i gotta be dumb and type these fucking spreadsheets all day long like what the fuck are you gonna do about it you're horny that's right you're hungry you're tired get your shit together shit he doesn't have to deal with I-, I thought it was really interesting the point that you made earlier about how it's it's tough to kind of like ride that wave and, and, like, predict where people are going to be at and the type of content that they want to, like, consume. And I think that that kind of is my own little bit of personal philosophy on why movies like American Psycho and Drive and Taxi Driver gain so much popularity. Because all of a sudden, there's just a bunch of fucking lonely dudes that, that want to watch Ryan Gosling have an AI wife in Blade Runner 2049. He can't feel her face. They can, he can't kiss her. Right. He can't feel him. <laughs> they get it. They understand. The so it's like... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why the literally me shit is so popular, but it's like nobody was gonna nobody was gonna be able to predict that that was gonna happen, you know, that Yeah. Um But but Wyland, do you think are how much of these movies that um are able to pull this like social thing is coincidence that people relate to and how many of this is genius level marketing um i mean i think they both play a good part in it um but again you have to remember that history repeats itself so there are Mm -hmm. there is a certain level of comprehensibility to like where the trends are going um and it's all about like i guess who you talk to and you know i i if you're any sort of creative i highly recommend just getting a bunch of different perspectives on the same subject. If you're looking, like, it's mm. just basic journalism, you know, you, you go about, you can't just go out and, like, ask educated people about one question and be like, this is what the population thinks, you know? It's like, nah, like, there's 
so many different def- demographics they have to like understand and it, it gets really weird because I, I know it's a big flaw in a lot of like you said like marketability and, and just appeasing to the masses and making inclusion a thing like there, there's forced inclusion and there's a bunch of other shit that like audiences can just get a fucking whiff of immediately people are like why did they make the new Little Mermaid black it's like right. I don't know <laughs> like like it was I, like I didn't think that was like a, a big statement or anything but also like you know people like being included and I, I think that's important and you should definitely understand other perspectives um but it's an issue when, when, like, it seems like the whole purpose of the intellectual property was to to raise the inclusivity of the brand. Like, I think a lot of people had an issue with that new, um, is it Odd World or Strange World? Like, a new Pixar movie that was yeah. coming out that was, yeah. like, I don't know, a lot of that and did perform very poorly. Yeah, and, and that wasn't even, and that sucks because it didn't have to do anything about the inclusivity aspect of it. You know, like, my... Right philosophy on that is write good characters and if they're gay or if they're a different race than you or like if they're a different gender like fucking that's not really what you have to drive them off of you know a lot of these right, like right. fucking women empowerment movies are so about like yo like kick the men in the balls and that's what the ladies want like hell yeah it's like no man like yeah they just want like people just want to feel uplifted in, in any way. And you do have to consider different perspectives, but one of my favorite movies, and again, fucking James Cameron, but like Terminator 2, one of the best fucking action movies out there. And yeah. Sarah Connor, like James Cameron was like, yeah, I'm a feminist and shit like that. But it shows like Sarah Connor is a fucking badass. And she's not mm-hmm. like, and there's different like, it's not forced in any yeah, way. Yeah. She has a goal and she's going after it. It's not like, because I'm a woman, I can, this robot in the face like no man like she's like she's got the maternal aspect to her she almost cares about her kid and like there's other driving forces that are you know very subjective to women but that's not like yeah people i think do try to like market more towards a specific demographic even presidents are just like we gotta get the black vote it's like yo what (laughs) you don't have to say that right like wrap your next like debate or some shit like that Right. It's like an out-of-touch Why is HBO so good at writing shows and all the other production studios are so bad at making shows? (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, I just got HBO Max to watch Secession, and I'm looking through all the shows on there, and I'm like, oh, wait, like, it's like that mo- meme where they're on the moon and the guy has a gun to his head, and I'm like, wait, it was all HBO? And he's like, always oh, was. Always was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like the best movie. Entourage. Yeah, like at literally every good show ever. Even the last one. Yeah, man. On fire. I mean, I don't know exactly, but I think it has to do something with just the eye for talent and. Mm. Um, the idea of like what you envision as like the big picture for your company or whatever, what you want to represent. And I think that's where Disney is sort of falling into a bit of trouble now. Like, for sure. Cause they're like, I remember like there's talks about like Apple consuming Disney and like shit like that. 
That would be insane. Probably not going to happen. That would be probably the biggest merger of all time. Yeah, and that's like that's like yeah. one of those I feel like last ditch effort type of deals. But like, does Apple really want to manage parks? Because that's really what Disney is all about. They're you know same thing with George Lucas and his fucking Star Wars films. He's like, we need to have the Ewoks so people can buy their kids these bears and put little hats on them and they can go to sleep next to them and they'll make so much fucking money. That's when they made Spaceballs. Yeah. He's like, yo, like. I don't give a shit if you rip off my entire fucking thing. Just, I mean, I don't know if he said like, don't sell merch to Mel Brooks or something like that. Or I don't one thing he said. It was like, don't make the protagonist like Luke Skywalker. So he dressed him as Han Solo instead. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> um, it is just to make money, you know? And you don't see right. any like, um, total kind of shift in perspective here. But, um, the biggest thing that got me into movies is just, graphic novels and comic books in general and just looking at those and like you see like Watchmen which is in my opinion one of the best graphic novels yeah. ever released the adaptation was mm-hmm. okay you know like I thought it was a really cool movie I thought it was done well yeah. but there was like certain elements they just could not squeeze in there or maybe Zack Snyder was just like yeah fuck it fuck the whole squid thing we're just gonna blow him with a atomic bomb or something I don't know but in in the end of the day, like there's there's storyboarding, which is basically just making a comic book for the movie, you know, and then matching those sequences together. And you know, you see certain movies out there that are like just to you know gain an audience's attraction, but you know they're they're okay movies, you know, they're not they're not great. But then you look at like you know relating it to comics and graphic novels you see like the comic strip calvin and Hobbes, where like bill watterson didn't fucking sell any merch you can't buy like a calvin and Hobbes Hobbes fucking doll off the shelf now because he just wouldn't let it for like charles Schultz right. making the peanuts was like the george lucas and this thing he was like everyone's gonna have a fucking snoopy on their christmas tree like god damn it i'm gonna make these comic strips until i bleed every last dollar out of these sunday paper reading americans that's a good point for sure so what do you like I I guess I'm just curious because you're so close to the industry like what what are some of like your favorite kind of movies to watch that's like your favorite like genre favorite films um I think it was often literally just like I think it was like 101 things I learned from film school I got like as like a Christmas gift and one of the quotes in there was like every movie should be a thriller, which I thought was like really mm-hmm. cool. Going back to the whole, you know, every scene should have drama between characters and all that. Um, I love thrillers. At like the same reason yeah. I think people love horror movies is like, holy shit, you trick my brain into being scared when I'm just sitting on my couch with like some popcorn. Like, but yeah, I'm like in a completely mm-hmm. safe space for an inst- instant you made me believe that there's like a demon in my closet like that, that's crazy and I, I love shit like that yeah. um yeah man I'm all about the adrenaline rush you know if you can cut things together and make the sound cool enough to get me on the edge of my seat like that that's what I'm there for if you're like boring yeah, me sorry. like wasting my time just like clearly like filling up time with some bullshit like I can kind of read that now it's cool because you can Mm-hmm. To read that and not only just movies but like other things too, everything's like sales, you know. Yeah, every everyone's selling themselves and all that. Um, yeah, no thrillers, I'd say. So, what do you what do you think? Some of like your your favorite titles in the genre would be. 
Like, if somebody asks you, like, what's your favorite movie of all time? What are some of the films that come Damn, to this mind? Movie, this question always comes to me, and I feel like it's always changing. But I, I anticipated mm-hmm. this question, so I'm going to firmly say, uh, as of now, my top movie is City of God, which is a great mm-hmm. movie. If you guys haven't seen it, it's fucking... I haven't, you seen, guys, it I haven't seen it You yet. guys would love it. It's... Um, Absolutely putting it on my it's, list. Uh, yeah, it's, it's about a... Uh, just honestly, like, before you even watch it, I mean, it doesn't even matter, but, like, the, the opening sequence alone is crazy. It, like, so it takes place, place in, like, the favelas of Brazil, I believe, and um, it, like, it, it just falls, like, this kid who, like, has lived in the slums his entire life but has this eye for photography. It's, like, a camera and ends up, like, coming into contact with this, like, magazine publishing company and they're like he's like a peter parker they're like holy shit you got pictures of the slum life like we can't go in there like what the fuck so he ends up making money like hustling these pictures of like like crazy shit going on i want more pictures of spider exactly i want more pictures of machete murders <laughs> exactly um, but it, it follows him and like you know his his hustle on, on that side but also like how he navigates this crazy fucking lifestyle which is like full of just danger and crazy characters um and the cinematography is fucking great in that and like i was saying like the opening sequence it literally just starts on like this montage of like a market and you see this chicken and like this these chickens are being like stripped and like thrown in this pot to be fucking boiled all of a sudden this chicken just like is like fuck this and jumps off the table and like starts running through the streets and all these people around are just so fucking bored that they start chasing this chicken and you just it's like this whole you just watch this chicken like run through the streets like in a panic everyone's like yo get that fucking chicken and all of a sudden he like (laughs) runs into the middle of the street and it pans up to like our i think like protagonist is like looking at all these people that are chasing the chicken they're like yo get the chicken like he's like right in front of it and he turns around and there's like a armada of like police force and like like people in a riot gear just like ready to like throw down a lot and all of a sudden it turns into like a fucking standoff and then it cuts to like his childhood and then we start the story it's really really fucking great movie. So, uh, yeah i'll absolutely check but that um out. I, what do you for I got a question for you guys what is your absolute least favorite movie of all time what movie do you fucking despise you will like watch it once hate it or maybe even just rewatch it just to enjoy how much you hated it that's an excellent i don't know if i've ever been asked that question in my life i'm trying to think of like a movie that i had like gone to the theaters and was just like pissed that i went to the theaters (laughs) yeah that's a whole exactly you take time out of your day to go like sit down you paid your 12.50 and your six dollars worth of popcorn to watch this shit and you're like yo this sucks (laughs) <laughs> this is not good, dude. Honest, honestly, like I think just because I w- I grew up such a diehard Star Wars fan, like some of the bad scenes and stuff that came out with that franchise were extremely honestly. Yeah, I don't know if that's a fair fair. No, no, say. that's that is completely fair. I'd say because like it is incredible, like how many people have been inspired to start making movies just by watching star wars alone and just like growing up with a series and i definitely had that same sort of like 
And one professor says, he's like, yo, I wasn't, like, injected with this, like, George Lucas Star Wars shit you guys were into your bloodstream as a kid. Like, I'm not, like, I don't understand. He's like, it pisses me off all you fucking Marvel fans out here because back in the day, we get bullied if we start reading Marvel comics. Now it's a big fucking thing. Fuck that shit. But, like, yeah, like, like, The Last Jedi and fucking Rise of Skywalker. Like, you go into those, like, after, like, Force Awakens, which is honestly, like, not the worst. It's not my favorite movie, but, like, starting a new series, I thought, like, the visuals were really cool. They blew up another fucking moon, but, like, at least that was cool to watch. You got to, like, be right on there as they're fighting on it. But then, like, mm-hmm. eight and nine, man, you're just like, that's it? <laughs> I've always, I've always just felt that, like, with a franchise that is, like, that powerful, like, when you walk into that writing room or you're editing that movie, like, that should be, like be like about to drop a nuclear bomb like they the people who are involved in that that should be their whole life they should that should be the only thing that they've ever and done that's weird though like, because like <laughs> it, it is not something you fuck around with and i feel like the chillax attitude of like oh this will be cool like <laughs> they should live in like a on an island <laughs> and not be allowed to leave i can <laughs> like like that's a whole life. Agree with you for yeah like that the the expectations and the hype that just surround a lot of these properties and it's like so fucking valuable you know it's like you fuck up my childhood you son of a bitch like i'll kill you right. i'm never gonna watch another one of your movies again oh come on another star wars movie all right maybe i'll check that out like it's crazy let's how like it let's see how mad this one will make yeah me. exactly <laughs> like it's still maintain that sort of like control on that i haven't watched I watched like maybe one episode of the new season of Mandalorian. I couldn't fucking get into that shit. Like I, I'm like a lot of these, like Star Wars. I'm kind of holding on to, but like Marvel, I kind of gave up a couple months ago. But I was holding on for a while. I'm with that too. But um, yeah, man, like that I, shit I, is depressing. Like why the <clears> fuck do they? Why the Rose kiss Finn? What was up with that? Why? Like yo, where'd that come from? You like force that shit in? It's like eat your broccoli. It's well, like it's I don't like come like goddamn broccoli, man. Mm-hmm. I uh, I just sat and meditated on my answer to your question, and it like awoke a memory oh, in me. Oh boy, I love this guy. Let's hear So there's one time you guys remember the Red Box? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I got I like a movie that. from the Red Box called The D Train. Have you guys ever seen? Is it, it? like D? Like letter D train? D, like the letter D. It's it's Jack Black and James Marsden. <laughs> And, dude, it's, like, supposed to be this fucking comedy. And it was Jack Black trying to get, like, the most popular dude from their high school to come to their high school reunion. Yo. And, <laughs> like, early-ish on in the movie, there's this scene where he gets, like, basically raped by Ben Marsden. <laughs> and it's supposed to be, like, a joke. Like, it's like, like, oh, I want to impress this guy so bad to get him to the high school reunion that I have sex with him. But it was, like, just dark <laughs> as fuck and not funny. And so I, I didn't even finish the movie. And I had to return it to the Red the Box. The D-Train. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the worst movie. That's my least favorite movie of all this time. This movie, <laughs> if you were going to the, uh, get him to the Greek, it was, yes, yeah, like a Freddy yes, Star, yes. Star Marshall, quote-unquote sequel. It yeah, seems like... Yeah that movie 
just so just it's like that, but not funny at all, and it will make He's you depressed. Like, yeah, like, yo, this yeah. is gonna be a party movie, bro. I'm gonna sit down, and party with my boy Jack. I'm like, oh, oh shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my god. <laughs> well, have you thought of one? Yeah. Last. Last question. We'll wrap it up. Wyland, what are you doing with an unlimited budget? An unlimited budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, film show. That is like what's such the plot? An anxiety-inducing question. <laughs> That's because <crazy>. like, <laughs> fuck. I don't even know where I'd like start that. I mean, because like so much money goes in towards like actors and shit, and like just securing mm-hmm. the rights to that. I don't know, man. I might make like a fucking Tropic Thunder. Not in, like, the way where I think, yeah. like, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Black. Like, do something crazy, like... <laughs> you just do another RDJ Black. <laughs> That's what you do with unlimited money. budget. Yeah. You, would pay, you would pay him so much that he couldn't refuse <laughs> to do it again. <laughs> yeah, but... I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'd be, like... I don't know if I'd be, like, responsible with that money, dude. Like, if I had an unlimited budget, I'd, like... <laughs> Use that money to, like, create a new personality, kill off, like, a double of myself, and then, like, live my life out on my own little island. So, I don't know, man, but, like... Go crazy. Creatively, like... Damn. I don't know. I'd have to, like, really Do sit you... on that. Like, I really have to, like, make something super fucking dope. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, like, I would use that money to care. I'd use it not to make some, like, bullshit, like, Avatar thing. I don't know why that... That that was such an incredible movie. I I am so angry at that movie, yet I completely understand yeah. it. It is just like I don't know, because that's not, if you have a certain amount of budget, you expect to make a certain amount of money back. But uh, right, damn, I'm with you. I'm with you on the Avatar. I, I've always felt like it's really just nothing super special, you know? Yeah, it's for the amount of for the amount of like. Praise it gets. It's like because it's like a colonial movie about colonialism, and how mm-hmm. oh no, it's like it's like we're invading America with the Native Americans there, and look how bad we are at doing this mm-hmm. shit. But also, look at this cool fucking robot we got. Like, look at these cool guns we got. Look at these look at this rocket right. blew that dude off his horse. Like, isn't that badass? You saw that in three D. It's like, yo, yeah. what are you trying to tell me now? crazy for real yeah, it's just, yeah, it's a feeling. it makes it look too it's cool it's like too safe you know like there's like they say like uh it's like fucking minecraft you know it's like the most basic ass block graphics but like it's fun to play and then you have these right. fucking games that look like photorealistic but you can walk around a hallway and like pick up a ball and it's like all right mm-hmm. cool like it looks like me but like i couldn't do shit in it you know i didn't really like it wasn't fun. Enjoy so, it. Right. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, that's a, that's an excellent analogy. But yeah, dude, there's there's a lot of crazy shit. I can like I can get into so much fucking more. I've gone yeah, into dude. half the shit I've fucking been traumatized <laughs> about through film school. But yeah, you're welcome back whenever. I'd love to do this yeah, again. Man, it's, been, it's been a fun time. Man. Your your expertise fits in exactly with a lot of the shit we talk about all the time. So I just I went to film school to meet more people that like movies, man, and I love being surrounded mm-hmm. by these type of conversations. It's fun to talk about. People like um, any 
anything you would like to plug, like, like any social media accounts you got going or finished products that are out for people to watch? Um, no, nah, not yet, man. Wyland sure. Kiefer, you'll be hearing my name out there. You know, I'll have some shit Absolutely. coming up. But um, yeah, man, I'm just I'm out here just collaborating with people. Always happy to help. Any type of creative projects out there, man. I'm just like I said, riding the wave. You know, just getting through Sweet. it. Sweet. Well, great talking right to you, man. Well, yeah, thanks. Yeah, dude. of course, man. Great being on.